And welcome to Monday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com. I'm Paul Tatino. He is Jeff Fiegels, Super Bowl champ, punter for the Giants, of course, at Jay Fiegels and at Giants WFAN. We'll be here for the next hour to take your phone calls and your comments, talking about the New York football Giants and anything that relates to the world of Big Blue. You can dial us up at 201-939-4513, We are having some trouble with uh, our internet today, so I don't know if you're going to be able to hit us up on Twitter. Again, I gave you those addresses if you want to hit us up later on after the show is over. In the meantime, we do have a couple of announcements to make. Uh, number one is that uh, Giants tight end Rhett Ellison, who previously played with the Minnesota Vikings before coming to the Giants as a free agent a couple of years ago, has announced his retirement. Uh, Rhett is a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed having him around. Yeah. I think he was outstanding for the culture and for the locker room atmosphere. I also thought if you looked at his receiving stats, he had two of his best seasons in the NFL uh, after coming to the Giants. Where he so, didn't catch a lot. Not a ton, but... For his career, yeah. still statistically had two of his better seasons with the Giants, uh, was a terrific blocker, did everything you could ever ask of him. He was always very cooperative and a really, really good all-around guy, so I wish him well. Yeah, obviously he ran into the injury bug and concussions, folks. We say it all the time in this show, you never know. Each one's different, and evidently this was uh, the one that kind of said to him, listen, you know what, I want to you know, wrap it up and move on. But he had a great career. I think uh, eight years, great giant. Right? Eight years I, in the I, I don't know officially, Paul, but I know that it was, you know, him coming here was a big deal because remember when Shermer came here, um, he was brought over by him. And then next thing, was he brought over by him or no? Was he was from McAdoo. McAdoo. He, he, he had been here for three seasons. For three seasons. Yes. That's right. He was um, here before Shermer. That's right. Um, so, but listen, a great guy, like you said, Paul, good competitor, a team guy, a guy that's going to give you everything on and off the field in the room in the in the weight room it was just just a nice guy and you know sometimes things happen guys you know injuries like that go and it's it's tough but we wish him the best we really do yeah played from 2012 to 2019 uh, in the national football league okay and you know uh, honestly um let's see here the numbers do speak uh, to exactly what I had suggested before. This past season, only 18 catches in 10 games because he did miss time. Right. But in his two previous seasons with the Giants, had caught 24 and 25 passes. And in both of those years, the only two years that he caught more than 20 in a season, never caught more than 19 in one year with the Vikings. Yeah, I think one year, I think he only had a couple. You know, I mean, he, they use him predominantly as an H-back, blocking, tight end. That's he blocked for Adrian Peterson. Yeah. And Peterson ran for 2,000 yards That's in great. Minnesota. I wonder what kind of gift he got for that. You know, I never asked him. I should have. Darn you, Paul. Yeah, I, I know. Him, you know. In any event, uh, once again, a really, really cool guy. So we wish him all the best. Um, what other news we got? Well, the other thing is, uh, you know, Thursday is the last day to apply tags in free okay. agency. Uh, the date had been moved from Tuesday to Thursday because of all that was going on with the CBA. There continues to be all kinds of stories on the internet about Leonard Williams. What we can tell you is, as of now, there's been no official announcement made uh, as to his status other than uh, he is a pending unrestricted free agent. And that's where it stands today. Same thing for Marcus Golden. Uh, I ask you this, Jeff, and maybe the callers, you want to participate on this, you certainly can, 201 939 
Marcus Golden led the Giants with 10 sacks last year. He also had 70 tackles. Very, very productive player. Leonard Williams came here after the trade from the Jets, did a lot to help the rush defense, and also enhanced the production of both Tomlinson and Lawrence. So if the Giants were to lose either one of them, or maybe both of them in free agency, how would you proceed with your offseason plans? Because let's face it, losing either one of those guys or both of them creates an even bigger hole on a defense that already needs fortification. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think you're going to have to wrap your head around which one is going to be, of the two, which one do you not want to lose? And I would think that Leonard Williams would be that guy. Um, you know, and 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 you know, we, the Giants may not lose him because of the tag. Um, I know there's some there's some timing involved with this tag and the CBA, things like that, right, Paul? I mean, they did mm-hmm. they did they did take away the two. I, I'll get there. But to answer your question. Um, if you lose both of them, then you're certainly going to look for free agency right away at an edge rusher. And I mean, everybody's been speculating about Clowney's a guy you read about, you know, because he come to the Giants. Well, how much money is he going to want? And I said it. I said it the other day on uh, last week when I was on the show with Lance. I, I I just don't know if he's your guy. I just I I feel like he's a risk for injury and giving him all that money. Um, but who knows? But I would start with the free agency there. And then definitely hit the draft. Hit the draft. I mean, maybe if you don't, if you lose Leonard Williams, there's some there's some D tackles in the in the draft this year that you could go out and not have to pay a lot of money for. You're gonna have to draft them. But I think those are two. You Marcus Golden is a guy where Paul. I don't know what he'll get on the open market. I'm guessing probably he's wanting 15 million, but maybe he'll get 12 to 13 somewhere around in there. Um, if the Giants could afford to bring him back for that it would be interesting because he is a guy that is has production he showed you he had a a a one-year deal like show me or pay me and then maybe he's going to get paid but i also like the way he is conducts himself in this building and on the field i think he's a great locker room guy so i wouldn't mind having him back but if both of those guys don't come back then i hit free agency first either at the edge position or interior see when i approach this uh, i look at it as the following. I don't think there's a lot of help in the draft uh, defensive line-wise, Okay. especially where the Giants are. We believe that Chase Young's going to go to the Redskins at number two. Uh, I know that Brown from Auburn is going to be You mean the defensive be line being the whole defensive line or the interior or the No, I rushers? just think the whole defensive line. I, but see, there I, are some guys there. Here, here, and, and, and I don't know that there's a ton. Of, see, here's the thing. In my opinion, although I'm a big fan of Marcus Golden mm-hmm. and he was extremely productive – I think he's he's Robin, and he's going to want Batman money. That's my guess. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And he probably can get it. So I think I'm more apt to allow him to walk because then I would draft Isaiah Simmons at number four. And between Simmons and well, Zimenez, okay, I've got two outside linebacking, weak side linebacking pass rushers, and I've got Lorenzo Carter as the outside linebacker on the strong side. So I can piece that together, and I can I can probably replace Marcus Golden easier than I can replace Leonard Williams. Correct. That's a, that's it. And the thing about it is, is that you're going to replace you're going to replace Marcus Golden with Isaiah Simmons. Okay, you're getting a better athlete. You're actually, by the way, it's going to cost you a lot less money on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can let him go. 
I will tell you, and you and Paul, you've been around free agency just as long as I have. Um, we and I still don't like it, by the way. <laughs> well, I was a Plan B guy. I, I you like the Plan B? <laughs> I love Plan B. Yeah. So for f- folks that don't remember, Plan B was each team could protect so many players, and then those other players were able to leave if you were not protected. Um, that way, it gives you a chance to really to keep the guys you want to, right? Um, but for me, I, I used to love free agency when I was a free agent. You know, when I was playing, yeah. I hate it now too. I really do. I just don't. I don't. I don't like it. Um, I, I feel fine for the players. Don't get me wrong. I am not one of those disgruntled guys that goes out and you know and has is so mad at these people how much money they're getting. I, I don't care. Nor am I. Yeah, and I don't care. But I just don't. I just. I just feel like. I feel like the that you just you spend so much money on one player and it's just something it's just you know it just doesn't pan out the way yeah, you always yeah. want it to be right let's let's make it very simple free agency unrestricted free agency the way it ran amok okay when plan b was dissolved in 93 has done everything to destroy the fabric of teamwork that's correct in the national football league yeah, which it, therefore has deteriorated the overall quality of play on the field and see, to me, here's the thing. And I said this last week on the show. If you're going to go out in free agency, I want to see a team build through free agency the second tier of free agents. I'm not a big guy on a big splasher. You know every team's going to do it. The Giants are going to go get a big guy, right? I'm more worried. I'm not more worried. I'm more focused on the second tier guys, the guys that are still there on day three, four, five, six, right? Those are the guys that, to me, they're going to be worth it more. They're going to get more of them and that they're going to give you depth on your team. You're going to get a superstar. You're going to have to pay for them. But superstars, to me, how many times do they really, really pan out? They, I just, you know, Kirk Cousins is a guy that, that panned out, right? I mean, he went to, um, he's a quarterback. That's rare. And by the way, talk about a, a free agency frenzy of quarterbacks this year. Wow. Oh, I know. Did you ever think that you would see a list of guys like that? But for me, I want the Giants to go out and, and focus in. If they have X amount of dollars, you know, maybe get one big splash guy, but the rest of them, Start to build your roster and get you some depth in there. Think about some of the second-tier free agents that helped you get your Super Bowl ring in 2007. There's no question. All right. Chase Blackburn, right? Well, he he, he was a, a rookie undrafted free agent. I'm talking about free agents who had been set free by other teams. Oh, well, you okay. got it. Okay. How, how about, how about R.W. McQuarters? Mm-hmm. How about uh, Antonio Pierce? Mm-hmm. How about Kavika Mitchell? Yeah. Kiwa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kavika I mean, Mitchell was... Uh, definitely a tier, a second tier guy from Buffalo. How about Kevin Booth, who was picked up off the scrap heap after he was cut by the Raiders? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, these guys were not high priced free agents. But see, that's my point. I, I I like the way that those guys can mend in there because you know what, those those guys have still have something to prove. You know, they they have something to prove to go out and play a little bit more and and maybe get another contract, right? I, I just love that exactly, and those guys did well for us. And you know, you you, you can find those guys. Heck, you, even Ruben Drones gave you some carries. Heck that year. yeah, and Ruben Drones was he was the personal protector on a punt team. Um, you know, a great special teams guy, good locker room guy. Although Remember you traded Ruben? Tim Carter to get him from the Browns, so I shouldn't put him in that in that category. He <laughs> but, wasn't really a free agent. But how but how you know good of I mean. a, how good of a dude was Ruben Drones? Very good. I mean, dude. he was a great guy in the locker room. R. W. McCord is another great guy in the locker room. So you know, to give you an example of a second tier guy that's here now, that was here now. I don't know if he's going to be back, but Michael Thomas is one of those guys mm-hmm. where you go out and find a guy like that where he's not going to be a, a full time starter. I'm so glad you mentioned him because we always forget about him. We talk about Williams yes. and Golden. We never talk about Michael Thomas. One of the best free agent signings that they had here the last few years, and it's a and it's the kind of signing that I like that you bring in a guy that's going to play special teams for you, but you have enough confidence in him 
that if he has to be a starter, which two years ago he ended up starting a lot of games and did well at them, that's the kind of guy I want in free agency. You know, but but we got to get somebody to rush the passer, Paul. And we got a couple young guys that are going to be coming up, and you know, they they this could be a good year for them. The X Man, okay. Um, and you talk about Lorenzo Carter. He's he's got to show you something there this year, right? I mean, this is a big year for him. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. All right, two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our phone number. It's time to tell you the Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment Made to Chill. And Dave, we will go to the phone lines. Let's see who's first up on the program. It's Doug in Rochester. You are the first caller on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey, Doug. Hey, Paul. Yes, how you guys doing? Wonderful. We're doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. You guys are talking right up my alley, Giants defense, um, defensive line. I see the Rizzo Carter now as a pass rusher. I see him playing outside linebacker. So I, I, this scenario, I would like to see him draft Sims. And if um, Jeff, what you said about Marcus Golden at a 12, uh, like 12 million price range and and maybe Leonard as a as tag. Is it possible they can keep both of them? Um, I think it is. I think it is. But do they want to? That's that's the problem. It may be difficult. I mean, here's part of the issue with with the Giants. You have to understand something. What we don't know is how much flexibility they have in some of their current deals and how much money is going to. Well, they did, and how much money might be there too. Their cap is going to be down this year, according to the new. Yeah. yeah. There are some there are some fluid things that are still going on that make it difficult for us to say. Now the front office obviously understands the fluidity that's being bounced yeah. around, and they can configure. But it's a little bit hard for us because we're let's face it, only the front office knows exactly what they can plan for. Uh, I think it's unlikely that both Golden and Williams resign. That would be yeah. my guess. Yeah, I agree. But I can't say for sure. Remember something. And Dave Gettleman himself did tell us this. He believes that all the top pass rushers in the league who are headed to unrestricted free agency are going to be tagged mm-hmm. and go back to their own teams. Well, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Marcus Golden had 10 sacks last year, and of every player in the NFL who had double-digit sacks, he led the way with 70 tackles. Marcus Golden plays the run. He has a terrific motor. He is a good player. And if, if I'm somebody else and I'm looking at the potential pass rushers that are going to be out there, and if Dave Gettleman's right that they're all going to be tagged, Marcus Golden's going to stick out like a sore thumb <laughs> as the best available guy, which means he's going to get Batman money. Well, I mean, Kyle well, Van Noy would be a guy that probably is not going to get tagged. I think Golden's a better pass rusher yeah. than Van Noy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, this brings me to, like, the inside linebacker and the slot back. Now... Can you get inside a decent inside linebacker in the draft or not? Paul, you were down there. So the second round, is there decent inside linebackers for we get? It looks to me as if you could probably get somebody in the second or third round who could compete with Connolly coming off of the ACL. I, I'd like to believe, and I think the organization wants to believe, that Connolly's going to make it back. Yeah, you hope. And that, and that he'll be – you can't. But he's certainly going to be in position to compete for the job. And quite honestly, if he wins the job, I'm okay with that. Sure. Well, there's been a lot of talk recently about Corey Littleton as a free agent coming in to play middle linebacker, right? He's a cover linebacker. Yeah. Uh, Schobert from the Browns. Schobert's another, another one, one of those guys. Be, yeah, yeah. Who, you know, yeah. is probably going to attract some attention. 
Um, the question uh, again always becomes, money. what's the price tag? <laughs> yeah. you know? All right, well, what the slot back's looking like? Because I think that's another position on defense that they have to address is the slot back. Well, see, again, you mm. could draft one, yeah. and they're, they're going to be – Okay, there are going to be slot corners available in the third and fourth round of this draft. Trust me, when I was down at Indy, I specifically focused on slot corners. I really did. Good. In fact, I I talked to, when when the corners came out to talk to the media, Mm -hmm. okay, while everybody else was going towards the boundary corners who were going to be first and second round picks, okay, I purposely went to speak to the slot corners. And of the six slot corners that I talked to, Five of them told me they had personal interviews with the Giants. <laughs> what does that tell you? It tells them that five of them had interviews with the Giants. <laughs> okay. So I, I really narrowed it down, and I knew who I was talking to and what I was looking for, and it just seems to have coincided with what the Giants were thinking as well. So I do think, and these were guys who were projected to be as deep as the fourth round. So I think they could go there. But if they wanted to go after a veteran, they could go after there's going to be veteran slots out there. Harris is going to be too much money, I think, for any for any of the medium-range prices that, that guys want to pay. Chris Harris, yeah. You know, but, what about but Logan Ryan? Logan he... Ryan's going to be out there. Yep. Um, uh, Roby from uh, the Texans. Mm-hmm. He's, yep. a, he's another quality slot corner who's going to be, I think, on the second tier of prices. Bradley Roby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, those guys. Well, my last question, I'll let you guys go Um um, Judge um, said at his press conference he wants some coaches that can teach. So do you think these new coaches that came in, they're more like you got a lot of young guys. You think it's a good fit that they could be taught and stuff, you know. A lot of these guys probably had to go back to the basics. Carter, I'm talking about Baker for one. Baker for one, you know, maybe these guys can get him right. You know, do you think it's a good fit, these coaches coming in to teach? Oh, 100%. I think that that was the one reason that Joe Judge went out and and, and uh, recruited these guys, the coaches, that is, to come in here and, and be his, his assistants. I think he wants that type of atmosphere. And I believe me, I've got to meet a lot of these new coaches. Paul has, too. A lot of energy in these guys. A lot, a lot of energy. And you know what? I think that it's going to build the morale of this team, a lot of the, the younger players here. Folks, I will tell you this. Being in the league as long as I did, I didn't have any problem with discipline because that's just why I, I, I played as long as I did. But I, but you, the players want structure. The players want discipline, and they want good coaches. I think they got him here. I think you're going to see a big difference in this team. And I tell you what, Joe Judge coach football team is going to be – they may not win every football game, but they're not going to lose games, okay, uh, by being unprepared. And I think that this team will is going to just is on the rise. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I think the guys in the field are going to be definitely well coached, and they're going to be prepared. That's yeah. for sure. That's, that, that, I would like to see the Giants lose a game this year. They don't give it away. That's correct. They played a, a hard fought game. Yes, just the team that's outplayed them that weekend. I don't want to see them give games away. You know, so yeah. that would be all right with me. All right, thanks, guys. You're Thank welcome. you, Doug. And you know, Paul, you know a lot of these a lot of these games that we just talked about those types of games. There are some that they will win because of that. You know, where in the past they haven't been able to do that. You look at two years ago, uh, how many games, this, and even last year, how many games this, this team lost in the last, you know, two minutes, four minutes of the game. It's unbelievable. Let's go back to something Joe Judge said at his introductory press conference, and he's repeated this a couple of times, so I know it wasn't just off the cuff. He believes it. He said, with my assistant coaches, I don't want to know 
about what the players can't do. I want to know what you're going to do to coach them up. Yeah, and he also said, he also mentioned to take that a little bit further, he had also mentioned, I don't want to hear from the coaches that we don't have this or I mm-hmm. need this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear. He doesn't I, want to hear no or can't. Yeah, I don't want to hear nope. I can't I, or I don't have, I need this guy or we don't have this kind of guy. What you have, you coach. And then you come back and tell me why he isn't doing that. Okay. And, but I want to make him better. And I think that, yeah, he reiterate that over and over that that's the way the teaching style is going to be with Joe judge. I also have gotten, um, Jerry Saplinski, Saplinski is a new, the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. He was with Joe judge up in new England. Yes. And I have gotten to know Jerry pretty well. And I said to him, so give me a little bit of something about Joe judge. Right. I mean, I like to kind of, I mean, he's not a head, head coach. Just give me some, something. I don't, I don't want dirt. I just want, give me some, <laughs> give me something. He says, he says, these players, they are going to freak out when they see Joe Judge is the real deal. And he is all about accountability. And a lot of these guys are in for a rude awakening about Joe Judge on the field. He is flat out psycho. He's going to get in your grill. He's going to tell you how you messed up. He's going to do it in front of everybody. But on the other hand, he's going to love you. Right. But he is going to expose you if you are not prepared or you're not doing the things you're supposed to do. So it's going to be interesting watching a lot of this. You do remember Tom Coughlin. I would, well, here's the thing. We're talking about mini me, right? You know, this is Austin Powers and mini me. Well, you've got Tom Coughlin. And I believe that there's a little bit of Bill Parcells in him, too. And Nick Saban and he, Bill Belichick. That's right. So Indeed. I feel like, you know, it's going to be really for, for Paul and I. We're going to love this yes. because this is yes. this is football coach to us. Uh, and just, again, these these players want to be coached. They want discipline. They really do. I'm telling you, Paul, I think you agree with me. They want it. But if it's not instilled in them, then they're just going to they'll go awry. They'll just kind of whoop, whoop. See, I think a lot of guys don't know they want it until it's enforced on them and they start winning and they realize this is a good thing. That's 100% correct. Yeah, absolutely. They, they jump in, right? They buy in. You hear that word? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want you to buy in. And you buy in. But that buy-in term, is it has a lot to it. It's not just a term. There's involved. There's ingredients in it. So it should be. It should be very interesting. All right, we go back to the phones, and Mike is in Little Egg Harbor. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Nice Hi. To, nice to talk to you. You too. Um, going back to this Leonard Williams uh, situation. I know you guys were uh, talking about it uh, while I was on the hole waiting to get on, and. Signing signing Williams is it more of a, say, a face-saving thing for the mistake that was made last year, giving up a third and fifth round draft pick for him? And uh, I hate to see him compound the error. Uh, if if it was, if you feel it was an error, and uh, spend that kind of money, if he's tagged, what's, he, what's the tag worth? Seventeen million? I don't uh, think it's that much. Yeah, the tag that, well, he would be tagged as a franchise defensive end unless, of course, they use the transition tag. And I'll be honest, that that whole uh, tagging issue has been changing from week to week depending upon the rumors that you hear as to whether or not there will be a transition transition and and a franchise or there's going to be, oh, at one point you could use both. Then they said, no, it's going to go back to only using one. And then it was like, okay, the transition won't even exist. Right. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know right, where now, it's at right now, I don't know exactly where the yeah, tag stands. Yeah. What I do know is this: the players are voting this week, right? Th- Thursday. Okay, they're finished by Thursday electronically voting on the CBA. When that sucker is done, and they come out with the actual, okay, this is what we got. That's when I'll begin to address this issue because right now, 
I don't know exactly where it stands. They come, they might say no and then go back to the owners, tweak it a little bit, and then approve it. So let's let's yeah. not put the cart yeah. before the horse because I'm not exactly sure what the transition tag or franchise tag is going to be until this whole process is completed. So I almost feel a little bit uncomfortable talking about it. But in my in my old frame of mind, I would have said, okay, and Gettleman did say they were considering a tag. I would have said the transition tag made more sense, in my opinion. But I don't even know if it exists. Yeah. Okay. Is that a fair answer? And you, and you know the difference between the two, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a money issue, plus it also gives you the right to match uh, right. what another team's offer is. So I, I, I'm in favor of the Leonard-Williams trade. I know I'm in the minority. I was always in favor of it. When the minute he got here, he was the best defensive lineman on the team. He made other defensive linemen on his team better. Yeah. And, and in my opinion, okay, in my opinion, uh, Dave Gettleman is the kind of guy who doesn't run from his mistakes. When he makes a mistake, he fesses up to it, cuts bait, and moves on. So, yeah, well, he did a flower. Well, the other, you know, the flowers was it wasn't his draft pick, but it was like basically I played him, and then you know what? He's not working out anymore. Goodbye. That's it. That's it. Okay. And and so so Dave Gettleman's not going to re-sign Leonard Williams for show. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. The other question I have, real quick, uh, the uh, the availability of uh, free ag- free agent uh, tackles. I, I, is Conklin still available? Or do you think oh, yeah. Have, uh, do, uh, I mean, I'd like to see some money spent there because we have one of the best running backs in football. We have a young quarterback. These guys, you know, we're going to wear them out or kill them uh, because we don't have the right offensive line. I mean, this just goes on and on and on. And I'd rather see some serious money spent there to shore up the offensive line. And then you have the availability in the draft to go the other way. I I'm, mean, uh, I'm with you. I'm <laughs> we we talk about this all the time. I I'm with you. I would rather see the Giants sign a center in free agency and then go through the draft with the tackles. That that's me. I think you can find a good center. And by the way, the Giants need a center. We keep avoiding yeah. this topic. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about the center position, right? Because you know Jalapio, you don't know if he's coming back. See, I'm a pulley fan, and well, I don't yeah. think the need is as big as you do, but. I, I respect it. But okay, so but I'm, if you Bless could you. get a good center, uh, it would be an upgrade from both of those players for a decent money. Okay. I think Pulley is good enough, okay. but that's just my opinion. Okay, either way. All right, so. All right, guys. Thanks so you're much. You're welcome, okay. Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. See, I, and, and, and Paul, you and I, we, we, we have this argument all the time. It's just, you know, we are, we are with the offensive line, right? But we understand the circumstance with Simmons or a defensive player that's going to be that guy. And you cannot go wrong, in my opinion, with either one of those. It's just a matter of opinion up there, how they have it ranked, and what their philosophy is going to be. And by the way, they're not going to share it with me or you. No. <laughs> you know the shame of it for me? In each of the drafts, when Brandon Sheriff and Jack Conklin came out, in each of those drafts, those particular players were my top choice for the Giants. And both times, teams ahead of the Giants grabbed them. Grabbed them. Yeah. Yep. And they never made it to the Giants. But those two guys were, were my top guys on my board for the Giants in each of their years. And now they're both out there. Now, Sheriff turned out to be a better guard and a Pro Bowl guard, by the way. I always thought he could play tackle when he came out of Iowa. And I know a lot of people did. Turned out to be a Pro Bowl guard. 
Conklin, I, I had always believed, was going to be a star tackle in this league. And quite honestly, I think his resume speaks for itself. See, here's the thing I was thinking about over the weekend about the offensive line. Because I, I want to fix the offensive line because of Daniel Jones and number 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think everybody will agree with me there. But I'm just trying to figure out how to do it, right? And I was thinking to myself, if we go out and you do the Jeff Eagles philosophy and go out and get a center for in free agency, right? You move Solder to right tackle. And then you draft a left tackle. And okay, so where's the money? You're gonna spend it on. You're gonna and begin again. This all depends on the CBA getting getting approved, and they're now the new numbers and deferred money. You can restructure Nate Solder in the new deal, get a center and free agency, and draft a tackle. You've got a second round draft pick in Hernandez, and you've got a free agent that you signed last year in Zeitler. That is a pretty good offensive line when you talk about number 26. And what have I done? I've only Went out and got one free agent to pay him the money to spend the rest of the money on the defense. Okay. And then if you have to throw a monkey wrench in there, then draft Simmons or draft the, but make sure you get that left tackle when down in the second round. See, we don't know exactly what this coaching staff thinks about the current offensive lineman on the roster. What, what I will say is this, and folks, I'm not advocating this. Do you like my plan? All right. Not entirely. I'm a, I'm a pulley guy. I like Spencer Pulley, and I'd have no problem but, with okay, him starting though, week one. Even though you like Pulley, I understand that. And, completely. and, and, and to and be listen, honest with you, the guy I, started 16 games a year or two years ago. For the Chargers yeah. a couple of years back, yeah. And I have no problem letting, letting um, um, Solder start at left tackle this year, hopefully being more healthy than he has been. I'd rather not swap him out to the right side. Okay. But. All right. You know, so I'm not totally uh, I under, in yeah. philosophy in terms of general. Yes, I agree with you. The offensive line's got to be improved. So let me ask you a question. How we do it, you and I don't see it the so same way. So if Solder is going to stay at left tackle, you're going to draft a tackle. So now we're drafting a right tackle? Well, what I'd like to do, I'd like to purchase Conklin in free agency, okay? And I would like to draft a tackle who eventually will inherit the left tackle spot from Solder at some point soon. That's what I would like to do. To and me, I'm, I'm leaving Hernandez, Zeitler, and Pulley on the interior. So your offensive lineman that you're going to draft is going to be a third rounder or below because you're not... You're no, gonna, I'd like to get him in the second round. So you're, you're going to draft a second round offensive lineman and you're not going to play him? If he can compete and win the left tackle job from Solder from opening day, he's more than welcome to. And I think that there are guys, from what I understand being at the Combine, if a Joshua Jones is there, Absolutely. You know, the Boise State kid to Cleveland, if he is there, absolutely. I, Austin Jackson from USC, these are the guys who have a chance to be there at the start of the second round. And from my understanding, all three of those guys have a chance to compete as a potential opening day starter. Now, they're not future pro bowlers, but they can be 10-year starters in this league. And if they want to come in and compete, in my opinion, with a soldier come the summer camp and they can beat him, well, then God bless. Then so they beat them. Well, they, if they beat them, then they're going to sit solder on the, well, the, then, well, the that, $20 you know, million dollars a year? My anticipation, well, you also said earlier, and I'm going by what you said because okay. I agree with you. Maybe, right, so you, you jockey his, maybe you jockey his number <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah, but still, that's a lot of money for him sitting well, on the Well, you know what? Which means you move him to right tackle. No, it means Conklin's playing right tackle for me, and I've got Solder. Maybe he starts the year at left tackle, and if he struggles or gets hurt again, then my second-round draft pick becomes the starter. Okay. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. One, look, we agree the offensive line needs reinforcements. We both agree on that. No matter how yeah. we do it, we both agree. Hey, let me ask you this. And so but, but here's what I want to throw out, though. Hold on. Here's what I want to throw out to you. Because I don't know 
what the, what these coaches think. Might might there be any chance that Nick Gates winds up getting thrown into this equation and competes for a starting job somewhere along that offensive line? Yes. Is that possible? A hundred percent, because if you listen to Joe Judge... And he, I like Nick Gates. You know that. I'm a huge fan. And he tells everybody. Everybody has a clean slate. You're, everybody's going to compete. So, you know, could could... Yes, he could compete. Is he good enough to start? Well, I don't know. We'll have to see. But He might be. If I had to ask you this question, do you f- anticipate the first move for the New York Giants, whether it's a free agent or it is a draft pick on the offensive line, what will it be? Not the player. Is it going to be a free agent or do you think it'll be a draft pick? I think it's a free agent. Free agency comes first and I do think they'll get somebody in free agency. Okay, so that's going to be a, that's going to be a Jack Conklin type of player, right? You would it's, think. It's going to be some big money at the right tackle. You would think. Okay. Then you just got to find a center, and then those guys, Poli yeah. could, could compete, and maybe you can find a second tier or even a, a, a draft pick, you know? Maybe Gates competes at center. I think He practiced the, at center this past year. Maybe Gates complete. Maybe he yeah, competes. Maybe go. he's the starting center. Sure. Maybe, I don't think this is likely, but maybe they give Hernandez or Zeitler a chance to become the center. And then, and then... If, if, let's say, Hernandez is, maybe then Gates becomes the new left guard. Or maybe Zeitler becomes the new center and Gates becomes the new right guard. Could be. We're going to see. I'm, gonna I'm, see. I'm, and please, let me make something clear, folks. I have heard nothing about that, and I don't know what the coaches think about it. Yeah, we're just but talking about is it. is there any possibility that somehow Nick Gates is in the competition for one of the starting spots on the five, and it winds up necessitating a move because they think that's going to be the best five they can put on the field. I think on paper you might be correct, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Nick Gates is going to be your number one swing guy to play all those positions. That's the most likely scenario. I agree with you. Okay. But I will tell you, I do like him, and I don't want to put a cap or a ceiling on his potential. He's a blue-collar guy. I mean, he's a guy that's undrafted. He comes in here, and he starts some football games, and now we're talking about him maybe taking over a number two draft pick and a free agent acquisitions job. I mean, that's great. That's good. He should be happy. All right, we go back to the phones. And let's see, we've got... Jeff in Rhode Island, you're next on the show. Hello. Hey, Jeff. Oh, it's actually Long Island, but that's okay. It says Rhode Island on the screen, but uh, hey, we just moved you, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just have two points, uh, and and I guess I'll pose them as questions. Um, The first one is regarding what you mentioned before about Marcus Golden being a Robin and what Dave Gettleman said about, you know, the expectation that not too many, if any, uh, pass rushes are going to uh, be able to get onto the market with the free uh, with the tag situation and all that. Correct. Are we so sure? Are we so sure that he is a Robin? Because there was really uh, no Batman on the other side. Uh, can can the scenario be in this expectation or a possibility that Gettleman takes a look at him and so, sees his? production both on the rush and on uh, uh, run protection also being a factor in possibly tagging him or giving him a contract well i i and i think i think there's certainly listen like paul said we don't know about the transition tag i think a transition tag would be if if you're in that scenario then marcus golden would be a good candidate for the for the transition tag right 
Mm. I mean, because it's less than the regular tag, mm -hmm. and it gives the Giants a, a chance to say, hey, listen, go out and get something else and bring it to us. We get the first right of refusal, um, and then we'll go from there. That could be an opportunity. And then maybe they go get the Batman in free agency, you know? See, one of the ways that I define a Batman, besides being well over the 10 sack threshold you know we're talking more 14 15 16 you got to get teams can game they have to game plan around that yeah guy. yeah you yeah. got to get higher yeah. because teams will then look at him and say okay this is the guy we got to work around and it starts with him i don't think offensive coordinators as good as marcus golden is and i have great respect for him sure let me make that very plain and simple I don't think offensive coordinators are sitting up on Monday night saying we've got to consider what Marcus Golden does for the Giants it's not before sexy. we move on. It's not a sexy kind of. I just thing. don't see it. He's a very, he's just a very consistent. He, ball he's player. a consistent workmanlike producer, and you know well, what? He's only also had one full year since his injury yeah. to to show what okay. he's got. So maybe and, there's more in him. Well, this was his second year back from the ACL. His first year, he had a lot of difficulties, but then the second right. year back, he did what he did. Look, again, right. I'm one of his biggest fans, but I, I do think that when you're talking about a Batman, not only does he have to keep offensive coordinators up at night on Monday, Batman is also a guy who will beat double teams for a sack. And as right. much as I love Marcus Golden, if you go back and look at his 10 sacks this year, okay, most of them, if not all of them, were either in one-on-one -on -one matchups. In fact, several of them, um, you know, he had just like one move and he was and he was in there and or he was in there with second effort but but rarely did Marcus Golden have to beat a double team because teams don't double team a Robin teams double team Batman understood so that gets me to my second point and we we're talking uh, you were talking earlier about Isaiah Simmons as the possibility of being the first draft choice so I'm talking about the position here because he he obviously is you know that Swiss Army knife and he could contribute in a lot of different ways. But you know the, that type of position has been tested for many years by many clubs, and it's all depending really on the athlete who, and and the guy who has the smarts to be able to deal with all the different intricacies of that. So even with the Giants in the past administration. There was a guy back in 2013 who was drafted, a guy named Cooper Taylor, who you might remember. Sure. Who, who had the physical size and weight, and, 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 and there was this uh, uh, thought that he could be the guy who could play multiple types of roles. But he never got onto the field, or if he did... He, he was hurt all the time. Had, he was here yeah, for a couple of a, years, he, constantly hurt. He was a box safety who showed some good vertical movement where he could be a blitzer, too. Right. And, and and not to say that he has all the facets that Isaiah Simmons could bring to the table, but the the, the concern I have as as a as being a Swiss Army knife is when he's off the field, who's who's the replacement Swiss Army knife? How how do you duplicate somebody like that? I mean, do well, you, you don't because through? he won't come off the field. No, he'll be, he, he won't <laughs> not come off the field. <laughs> well, that, that that could be an issue, though. I mean, seriously, with with the you know with today's NFL. You know, uh, playing 16 games or 17, if it turns out that well, way, you know could what? be a real... When you pick a guy that high, you expect him to be a dominant impact player who's going to give you a minimum of 65 snaps each and every Sunday. That's what you have to expect. Yeah. I mean, did the Giants want to take Lawrence Taylor off the field when they drafted him? I don't think so. No. 
he yeah. he was unique. Yeah, <laughs> well, also, I, again, and, and I get he, I get that. I, I get also that. I also believe that you know you got to be smart with a guy like Isaiah Simmons. You know, here you got you got a you know you got a, a high powerful car. Okay, you got to be able to, to to make sure that you're not gonna you know that you're not pushing this pedal down so fast that he's just you know is not in the right place. You're gonna use him to your advantage. And yeah, multiple positions might mean one game he's lining up with his hand in the dirt, and the other one he might be playing. He might play that strong safety, but the bottom line is he's even said, I'm a defensive player. He understands defense. He's a smart guy, but it's up to Patrick Graham to put him in the right position to succeed every week. But I agree with Paul. He's not coming off the field. He'll come off the field to get a blow here and there, but he ain't coming off that field. And I don't think he's going to be taking on a lot of guards at the second level either because he's going to be playing primarily either in coverage or he's going to be a weak side linebacker on the edge. So he's not going to get beaten up by 335-pound guards in the second level on a consistent basis. This is the kind of guy who, in my opinion, does his best work when he's in space. Yeah. Well, he uses his ability. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I hope that, that if, if the Giants pick him, that he has that type of durability because it's really asking a lot. Well, but, how, consider Jesse Armstead, okay? When Jesse got here out of Miami, and you know this, originally he was going to be a strong safety. Then he was the, the, the dime and, and, and sub-package nickel linebacker. And then Dan Reeves said, you know what, we're going to make him a full-time weak side linebacker. So Jesse played three different positions from the time he got drafted by the Giants. And trust me, Jesse played in space and did it extremely well, good enough to go to five straight Pro Bowls. Well, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, uh, Gettleman and, uh, and company make uh, the right decision. I would love to see Isaiah Simmons play for the Giants. I'm just concerned for those particular reasons. Appreciate the call, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Okay. thank you so much. <clears throat> Could you kindly read the spot for me? Yeah, if I can find the paper. We should know this by heart by now. Yeah, you should. The Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. They are a great sponsor of ours, and you hear that read at least two or three times a day. 201-939-4. Not a day, but yeah, a day. 513. Well, maybe more times if you know that number in your heart. The you number? Do. Yeah, yes. you know, it's just like that. Just kind of well, it's been ingrained. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we're going to go back to the lines, and Bruno is in Atlanta. Bruno. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, boys. Good talking to you. You too. Um, How you been? Hey, so so Red Ellison retired. I, I didn't catch the beginning when you guys started. I was yes. Old, but uh, I think you touched on his retirement. Yes. You know, I, I feel like he was, he was always underutilized. Being a longtime Giants fan, I, I really appreciated a guy like a Marco Barro who could who could block and catch and just do it all. You know, we we've spoken about it. Um, Evan Ingram, you know, he's he's a mismatch when he's on the field. The problem is the guy can't stay on the field. So, as, as far as the you know, I was looking at the the Cowboys tight ends: Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz, Cole Hikutini, I guess is the guy's name. Okay. And, uh, you know, Jason Witten who's going to be gone. But those guys, none of those guys are, are these crazy, explosive, super athletic tight end. Obviously, the Cowboys had the luxury of a Jason Witten for a long time, but he was a dual threat tight end. Yes. You know, he, was, he was a guy who, who could block and catch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I really have a lot of faith that, that Jason Garrett can get a lot, him and, and uh, Freddie Kitchens can get a lot out of, out of a Caden Smith. C.J. Conrad, Paul, you know, we spoke to him about last offseason. Yeah, um, you know, C.J. Conrad, to my knowledge, never hooked on with anybody after, uh, you know, he could not get out of training camp with the Giants. And what I was told is that, you know, coming back from the injury, he was a bit slow picking things up. 
wasn't quite exactly physically where they wanted him to be, and he just needed more time. But then again, he never signed anywhere else. I would look again. It's a different coaching staff. <laughs> I'd like to get another look at C.J. Conrad, to be honest with you. And I'm a big fan of Caden Smith. That was an yeah. outstanding yeah. signing by Dave Gettleman and company. Yeah, they picked him off the he waiver wire. He, he did his credit for that. You yeah. know, he does. He's, he's he was part of the rookie class. That we question. Yeah, yeah he, he's made moves that fans question, but you know, I don't envy his his position. The guy, you know, it's it's a lot to to try to balance a. Uh, Balance the budget. You know, we, we can't go hog wild in free agency. We you know we got we got to make smart moves. He's trying mm-hmm. to clean up some mistakes that the, the previous regime had made. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll get a lot out of the tight ends. And I think I think T.J. Uh, Conrad's on the practice squad, or so I'm on the roster, if I'm not mistaken. Reserve future. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, oh, Con- my, my, Conrad, my did, you, you know, I'm getting confirmation from Dave, our producer, that he did sign a reserve futures contract. So C.J. Conrad. Is Giants property that was back on January third? Yeah. Okay, that's a good call mm-hmm. by you. That that slipped me. I was a very big fan of him coming out of training camp, so I, I'm glad to see that. That's good. That's very good news. Yeah, for sure. And then I, I can take this last question off there, but obviously Joe Judge, you know, special teams guru Thomas McGee, he you know was retained because of the, the great job he did with special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it seems like every offseason we're talking about the the special teams and, and the receivers and how we're going to keep these receivers. But you know, I think I think these three guys are, are free agents: Cody Core, Russell Shepard, and Corey Coleman. Um, Coleman could be that speed guy if he ever gets on the field. I mean, that seems like it's been his his whole career has been that question. What mm-hmm. do you guys think about those receivers making an impact or being kept? You know, the the balance of special teams slash. Mm-hmm. you know, their future as receivers. Well, I will tell you that if you watch Cody Core play last year, he, you want him, you want him back. Uh, you know, and he's yeah. not going to, he's going to be your sixth, seventh receiver, if you will. You know what I mean? He's a core special yeah. teams guy. You got about four or five of those guys on your team. You know, a couple linebackers, a safety, you know, some, some guys are going to play every special team snap, but man, he was a good one. Right. I mean, so I'm, I'm bringing, oh, yeah. I'm bringing him back if I can. I would like to. I don't know what year he is and what his contract situation is like. You said he was a. He was a. He was. Was he a? Free, is he a free agent this year? Cody Core is an yeah. unrestricted free he agent, is. and you know what? That's another guy we should talk about because he's under the radar, and he was an outstanding special teams yeah, player. And I promise you that Joe yeah. Judge knows about him. He knows about him. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he really does. And I mean, didn't, don't you think that? I mean, I just love the way that that guy played. He was always around the football, always down in kicks inside the 10-yard line for uh, Riley Dixon. He was on kickoff making some good plays. Um, you got to have a guy about that. You know, and he's he's probably one of those guys where he understands his role. That's an important part of yeah. the 53-man roster is that, and by the way, if the new CBA gets it, uh, approved, you're going to have a couple more players on the roster, which will help your special teams, but to keep a guy like that. So we'll see what happens with him. Yeah. And hopefully the Giants can bring him back. The other two guys, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not too very – I'm not high on, on either one of those two. I, I'd rather – I'm also big on going and getting one of these receivers in the draft this year, um, have him come in and play some special teams for you right off the bat and kind mm-hmm. of groom him into those positions because you don't know what Golden Tate is going to do next year, not this year, the following year. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard is also another question mark. Uh, he's he, Yeah, he's yeah. healthy, but you never know. You know, those things kind of can come again. And they. But So I like to go out and get one of those receivers in the draft this year, but – 
you know, Cody Corey is a guy I want him back. I want him back. It's I a will good, say a good this. Call by that. Corey Coleman is is an unrestricted free agent. You mentioned that, and so was Russell Shepard. I would try to bring Corey Coleman back and give him an opportunity to compete in training camp. I wouldn't promise him a job, but if he can come back and compete and show that he's healthy, I think he can make uh, the five-man wide receiving core. I really do. And real quickly, uh, Bruno, the other one that I yeah. would like to see. And I don't. I, you're gonna probably. It's probably gonna be in the running back position, but I would love to see that little third down back as a returner. Dave Maggot. Yeah, if you want to go, Dave Maggot. You know, you kind can, of guy. Yeah, but you could also go to the Boston Scott. The Eagles have a guy like that, right? Oh, I mean, I want to see. I would it. love to have a guy like that mm-hmm. to uh, resurface in this offense that Jason Garrett's gonna bring to the table. Appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you, Bruno. Jeff, thank you, Bruno. Well, Jeff, yeah, real, so, quick, near, near, real quick, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. Your heart, Colin Holba. Is he the? Is he our future long snapper? Like, what do you? What have you seen out of that guy? I will tell you On that I believe that the Giants will, and this is just my opinion. I don't know anything. I haven't heard anything. Uh, I, I have a feeling that 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 position, the long snapping position, is something that's going to be addressed. Whether it's it's probably going to be addressed in free agency. That's just my guess. We'll Thank see. you so much. Okay. Yep. All right. Appreciate okay, it. Man. One, one thing you know is that Joe Judge, because of his special teams background, probably has a book on every long snapper that he has seen in the NFL. And if somebody does pop free, and I'm sure it'll be an under-the-radar guy, uh, he will know if that guy is worth targeting. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, when you look at um, Zach Diossi and how spoiled every Giants fan was with him, you know, not only was he a good snapper, and a good guy in the locker room mm-hmm. and a good player. He was a heck of a coverage guy. Man, Outstanding. He, I mean, he made he led the league in tackles for a long snapper position all the time. I would like to go out and find a guy like that again, you know, because that's just an extra. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're making twenty five tackles on the season as a, from the long snapping position, that's a good thing because you know a lot of times those gunners they try to be the first guys down, but they're getting double teamed. They don't block the center on that play, and Zach would just free release down the down the middle of the field and Al, Al Julius and by the way he was a, drafted as a linebacker so he's got tackling skills get another guy like that one thing Paul real quickly I talked to Tom Quinn the other day because I was very curious about it. I know you didn't watch this because none of you guys care but the specialists at the at the combine were horrible he said it was the worst group of people he has ever seen at the combine the kickers and the punters this year and why I said why and what he's equating this to these days is that back, you know, years ago, the kicking and the punting position were guys that played other sports, lacrosse, basketball, baseball. They were very athletic. What's happening today is these kids, all they're doing is just kicking and punting. They're not playing any other sports. They're androids. They're, they're androids. being taught just to do that. Just to do that. But it's a problem because they don't, ha- they don't know how to compete. They don't know how to compete against, hmm. you know, other, other sports in competition. And it doesn't. It brings out the best of you. So if there's anybody listening about your your son doing other other things, let him play multiple sports. Let them do that if you want them to be a kicker or a punter. Now, not mainly that the linebackers, the long snappers are usually linebackers or tight ends. You know, they're playing another position, which is a good thing. So sorry about that. No, no. But I will say this: we don't get to see any of the kickers or the punters' drills. Yeah, you don't because I think they do them like you know at six o'clock in the morning. So, when so still don't think that I would not look if I could. I know, you don't get to see it. 
Okay. Okay? Yeah. All right. 201-939-4513. have approximately six minutes left on the program. We will get to Charlie from Maine, and if somebody else wants to chime in, we'll give you another opportunity to just before we end the program. Charlie, you're next on the show. Hello. Chuckle. Hey, Paul. Hey. Hey, Jeff. How you all doing? Hi. How y'all doing? Are you down in Texas today, or are you <laughs> up in Maine today? I'm in South Portland. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Hey, um, I got to talk about the Williams thing. Now, this is what this is what I see. Uh, for one thing, if you're going to bring a guy like Williams over, you should have started negotiating his contract the day he arrived, because you already know who he was, you already liked him, you already knew what he could do for you. He was 26 years old, 25. Charlie, before so, you go anywhere else with that, Dave yeah. Gettleman's longtime policy has never been to talk contract well, during the season. Some when you give up two draft picks okay. for him, and that's should. fine, and that's fine, but, but that's that but now. that's spilled milk, and that was his policy. He has told us since that that might be something he would rethink in the future. Yeah, so, okay, so. but, but, but that's now but, spilled okay, milk. You can't deal with me, it. Okay, let me say this about Williams, too. Now, if you're going to give up, you know, they've got to sign him. I mean, you've got to sign him. But if they don't, Gettleman then has to trade down. He has to get those draft picks back. So if he trades down, he can get his three back, and he gets a two or whatever he gets. You know, or the five, he gets a three and five back, or a three and four back. Then he can say, well, look, I, I didn't get Williams, but I got my drafts back. So that's going to, like, the blow won't be as bad. Understood. So I think if he doesn't sign Williams, he will, he, he will have to. He will have to go back in the draft, even if it's one spot or two spots, to make up for the draft picks he's lost. And the other thing, you guys were talking about centers. You've got to bring in, you know, pulley's fine, but you've got to bring in a center. You can't, you know, make people centers when they've never played the position. We, we can't, you know, we can't be on a learning curve here. We have to bring in a center that actually knows how to play. All right, you the understand that, that Gates practiced as a center. He was the third-string center last year and did a lot of practicing at it. So if he does get a chance to compete there, it's not going to be new to him. He, they already worked him out as a center last year. I'm with you. I but I'm I agree. I agree with you, Charlie. That's not that's not the optimum way to go. I understand. Right. right. So you know, and and the other thing about Judge, <clears throat> I mean Judge, about him, like remember what happened with Coughlin? Coughlin came in there all gun ho, and he lost. He started to lose the team because he was so, you know, just just too much. Yeah. And. I hope Judd doesn't, Judge doesn't do the same thing. He's got to be a human being, too. You know? And mm-hmm. if he starts losing the team because he's got all these things going on and he's not human behind it, he's going to start losing his players. And to me, that's why Garrett is there. If this guy implodes, <laughs> if so this guy implodes <laughs> you've got to have a head coach right there. All right, so, Charlie. You know, that's all I'm saying. I'm just putting a little warning well, out you got, there. you got another head coach. you got Freddie Kitchens here, too. <laughs> you know? right. well, Charlie, we'll catch you again tomorrow. Yeah, good okay, thank you. I, I don't. I, <laughs> you, 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 hello? Okay, we lost him. Go ahead. Funny how Charlie puts all of these, these theories together, right? Well, uh, you know, I, and that's why, I, you know, I, I, I can't. I can't sometimes let him go on and on because the longer he goes, the bigger the, the hole is that he digs for himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, look, you and I have discussed this. When Coughlin came in, 
there was a significant change in the temperature of the locker room. Well, there had to be. It took time for the players to get used to it. And once everybody understood the method of his madness, the Giants got on track and they won. It may be possible that Joe Judge comes in here, shocks a bunch of the guys in the locker room, and the Giants need time to adjust. But I will say this, I like the direction that he wants to go in. And it may take a year or two for them to get on the right track. And if you go back to, you look at what happened when Coffin came in there, he had to do the things he did because the Jim Fossil era. It was a mess. It was a mess. And it was a total, he's a total, he was a total player's coach. The, the, the players ran the locker room. Um, it was just spiraled out of control. So what did you have to do? You had to get a guy like Tom Coffin to come in and change the culture. All right. And man, there were some guys there that didn't like it. And they and, and and but you know then all of a sudden things started getting weeded out, and the guys like Michael Strahan and Tiki Barber, the guys that just didn't understand it, they realized that like you said earlier, Paul, these guys want structure, they want discipline, and they buy into the program. They bought into Tom Coughlin's program, and look what happened. Now I don't think that Joe Judge is going to be anything like a Tom Coughlin. I just think he has a lot of characteristics in him as far as his philosophy about trying to get players to play. Well, you know what's going to help him? He's a lot younger. And and that in itself yeah. is going to help him connect with the players a little bit easier than maybe Tom, who when he came in here was already a lot older. And the other thing I like about Joe Judge being connecting to players, the special teams coach is the one player that connects with, or excuse me, coach that connects with all the players. Yeah, He's got all the guys in the room. And that's a good way to learn how to manage a football team from that perspective. Okay, now he's going to have people underneath him running their, you know, their each position, but he's going to have a, a good beat on the whole team. So okay. I like it. I like it a lot. I, I look at it as John Harbaugh, the same situation with a guy that coached in the league forever. He understands the roster. And what does he does? He goes and becomes a great football coach down there in, in Baltimore. Before we say goodbye, I need oh, you sure. to read that. All right. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Not today. It's 70 degrees out. But if you get yourself a Coors Light, it's probably really, really cold. I might get me one of those today. He is Super Bowl champ <laughs> at Jay Fiegels. Yes, sir. I am Paul Dottino at Giants WFAN. You've been watching Big Blue Kickoff Live. Write down the number 201-939-4513. And you can call us back tomorrow. 12 noon, we'll be here on Giants.com. So long, everybody.